Pitch Talks special feature. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to this Pitch Talk special feature. Myself, Straight Shooting LJA, is here with... JBK. And today we're going to talk a little bit through zonal marking and man marking. Which we prefer, which we don't. So, Jamie, I'll I'll ask you the question first. Zonal marking or man marking, which do you prefer and why? I prefer both. No, you got to pick one. If you, if, why, if you had to pick why, one. There's a reason why I pick both. Now, the reason why I pick both is because you may have players who can be clever enough to mark zonally mm-hmm. or players who are strong enough to mark a player. Okay, let's delve, let's delve, let's delve into each of them one at a time then. So... Zonal marking, are you saying it takes more intelligence to pull off zonal marking and man marking is just a case of, well, it's just brute strength as opposed to real positional play? Or is it a case of you just got to have the energy to follow someone? With zonal marking, four elements need to be thought about. One, the person you're playing against, the zone, the zone that you are in. So, I'm going to go through the four elements. So, the player that you're playing against, the zone that you are in, the formation that your team is playing, and also the type of pitch that you're going to be on. Now, in zonal marking, if we're talking about the player that you're playing against, you may not be able to keep up with that player in that specific zone. So, essentially, you're just going to have to defend that area and shut down whatever's in that zone. That's the first thing. Then you're talking about the zone itself. So let's say that we have a left back or a right back. A left back will defend most of the halfway, um, from the halfway line all the way down, which is a channel. All the way down to the, uh, sorry, all the way down to the corner flag. And that is a channel that they've got a, They've got to defend and also attacking, which that is the zone that they've got to think about, but also that channel. If you're talking about the zone itself, then it's between the corner flag up until maybe, if you really want to think about it, the six yard, the edge of the six yard box and upwards towards the edge of the 18 and all the way across again, which that would be its zone, its zone itself. Or you can defend the channel, whichever one. The problem is you need to have the intelligence and the wherewithal the tactical knowledge to defend that channel or zone. So is that a case of knowing your position inside out? Knowing your position and also being comfortable enough just to know that if you go forward, you need somebody to back it up. So that's, that's how you defend, in my opinion, that's how you defend the zone. So, so, does communi- so how, how important is communication in that regard then? Depends on the, um, the style of play that your team plays, depends on the style, um, the philosophy that your team comes with, it depends on the level of knowledge that your team has in their specific roles and positions, depends on the responsibilities you've been given for that specific game, and also depends on one last thing, and that's how well you can play that position. Oh, fair play. So, so you mentioned that there were four, that there were four points. 
what would be the second? So the, 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 two, the first two points is the person that you're going to be playing against, and also the second point would be the zone um, that you're going to be defending. So if you were a striker, the zones that you'd be defending is between the final zone, the, the final zone, the third zone of the pitch, the attacking zone, which is the opposition goal. So if you're going between this uh, centres, you're going between the, the two corner flags, slightly just before the edge of the D, and that's your defending zone. So you've got to defend that zone. It's a lot of work to do, but you've got to try and defend it as much as possible. So you've got to have the tactical knowledge and understanding that if you don't have the ball, your work is still not done. You have to defend that zone. And it depends on if you're playing with two strikers, three strikers, maybe six players who know how to defend a zone in that way. So point number four. Point number four. Point number four. If I remember the formation, the formation... You've also got to think of the formation. So if you're a Liverpool and you're playing 4-3-3, the zone for Alexander-Arnold and Robertson would be the channels that I've mentioned, which would be the right and left channels. So between the edge of the box and the half and the, the touchline. So that's the channel that they've got to defend. But the zone that they're, uh, that they're defending in is literally that channel. So they've got to defend that channel, but that, that's their zone. They've got to defend that zone as best as they can, wherever the ball is going to be. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The 4-3-3 is pointed for Liverpool in that way so that the front three defend the zone of the attacking area. So once they defend that, set, that zone, alexander Ronald and Robertson doesn't have to enter that part of the, the pitch. And it means that they can literally go, OK, well, we'll defend the zones because we can split which means that Alexander-Ronald doesn't have to commit, neither does Robertson. All they've got to do is stay alongside the two midfielders and if the ball enters the next zone, they will already be there. Mm-hmm. So that's where they would be. So how does... <clears throat> so you, you, mentioned, you mentioned Trent and Robbo specifically. It's a case... Would you, would you say that they are... And I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm, like I'm brown nosing or anything, but I am a Liverpool supporter, so it's, it's a case of part and parcel. Um, but are they kind of hybrids in the fact that they do cover so much ground going forward and coming back as well, and also in regards to the zones, how, how do you, how do you navigate if, if you're having to defend a particular zone how do you navigate and how do you legislate for not just two wingers running at you but also fullbacks running at you how far back would you want Salah and Mane on each side to come back would you want them only to come back to the halfway line and just be navigating that zone or would you want them to come all the way back to give Trent and also Robertson more support when they need it is is that is zonal marking flexible enough in that regard in that regard to to suffice for that? Um, again, you're going to have to ask Klopp for this one because I mean, in your view, in your in your in your view from from your perspective, just yeah, based on what you said, the, the thing that you the thing that you've got to look at is what Klopp has has asked his his players to do and what he's he's looking forward to doing. So he's asking for the front three to go and press as high as possible. And then you've got to think of what's happening with the middle three. So it's not about Trent Alexander-Arnold or Andrew Robertson. It's about what happens with Milner, 
Keita and Henderson. It could be different different players. I'm not yeah. saying it's those three, yeah. Vinaldum, whoever. But the the idea is those three also make up the core of what Alexander Ronald and Robertson will do. Because if they have to move in, if those two wing backs have to move in, then it means that those three are not doing their job. So essentially there's either a gap being left behind or there is a gap being left in front of Salah, Mane and, and Firmino. So if Salah, Mane and Firmino have to drop, there's a space. If they go forward and Milner, um, whoever's, whoever's the, the, the midfield free, don't move forward, there's a problem. There's a space. If they so happen to move forward and then you get Van Dijk and everybody else moving forward, there's a space. So then you have to be clever enough to understand where the spaces are to do a zonal marking. Hence the reason why I said it's all about understanding your position and also understanding the, the team that you're playing against. Because if you've got a, a Adama Traore, you're not going to be defending high. You may have to defend a little bit deeper just to go, okay, well, I can still defend the zone. But I will, I will now have somebody to double up with me. If I go so high, it's only me and him. Mm-hmm. And if it's only me and him, he's probably going to win it. Mm-hmm. Just simply just simply how, how it is. So that's how you have to know who you're playing against and what they're going to do. When, you're def- when they're in your zone, what are you going to do to stop them from getting past you in your zone? That's what you've got to think about. And if you're clever enough, you may have to delay them or you can go and win the ball. But that would be the point of what happens when the ball comes here? That's what you would not, that's what you would understand when it comes to zonal marking. Like as I said, there's four points. Those four points have to come into into focus in one split second. That's the problem. You have one split second to make the right decision. So do you basically have to be very well drilled then, as opposed to running on instinct? No, you just need to know what your your job is and to do it well. It's, you can be well-drilled and still will get it wrong. Because for me, I look at man marking. Like, zone, zonal marking for me is very much, is, <clears throat> is very much rigid. It's like, right, your, your zone is here. Don't leave your zone. You make sure you cover your zone. Which, to, to, an, extent, to an extent, I can see how it works. But I'm not the greatest fan of it. Because I've, always, I, I've personally always said that Unless you're Paul Robinson, I think, against Croatia, the space is not going to score against you. Or your Tim Tim Flowers, the space is not going to score against you. A bubble, every now and then that happens. But for for me, it's a a case of with man marking, I think man marking is a lot more instinctive because if 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 you've been told, right, stay with him and he runs away, your instinct is to run with him, or at least it should be to run with him. But with it, but for me, zonal marking, I think is, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question as well. But I think zonal marking is that is very easy to expose on set on, in in open play. It's a lot more difficult to expose than it is on set pieces. And I've and and I've and I've seen I'm gonna I'm gonna come to that. <clears throat> but I've I've seen I've seen at times, especially being a Liverpool supporter, I've I've seen like Carlos Tevez like expose zonal marking for how rigid it is. 
um, as a as a system, and this is when Benitez was using it, and it was it was working generally. But all it takes is all right. Let me step out of your zone, and as long as I'm not in someone else's zone, I've essentially got a free run at the ball, which did tend to happen. There's a Liverpool United match at Anfield where that did actually happen. <clears throat> um, there's been a number of number of other examples as well, but. My thing, but my my question to you would be, which one is easier to expose the flaws in, man marking or zonal marking? With the way that the game is going, this uh, in the next few years, and I did say this on another another vlog um, and another pitch talk meets um, that transitional football will be the way forward. Um, I think. It will depend on the style of play, who you're up against. So we have at the moment Tottenham Hotspur being the top team in the in the country at the moment um, on a points difference, and they play with a zonal marking, but they are fluid in terms of if a person leaves a zone, the next person that's closest will join that zone. So is essentially you're not really changing anything. All you're doing is becoming a bit more aware that if somebody's left that zone, you just need to get somebody else in it just to make sure that you've still got the same formation that you started off with. That's, that's where people kind of understand, get the, the problem with, with zonal marking being it's, it's a, rigid, a rigid movement. No, if you've got the players, it can be as fluid as it can be because all you're doing is changing... The responsibility of a player, the way that you see fit. Now, if a player thinks, no, that's my zone, that's it, that's all I'm going to do, well, guess what? It's going to be rigid. That's the problem. So somebody has to recognise that, no, your job is no longer in that in that zone. Your zone is, is not in zone one, it's now in zone 15. And as coaches, we do have something along those lines of each area of the pitch is a different zone. Now, the problem is, like as I said, if a player just believes that that is all they have to do and that is it, then they're missing the point. As a team, as a unit and as an as a individual, your job isn't over until the final whistle goes. That's the thing. Now, if you haven't recognised that, you may have to drop into somebody else's zone just to become a defender. Just to become a defender. But you may be a striker. Nope. The problem is, is that you're in that position at the moment to just cover the zone until that stri- until your teammate comes back. Just help them out. That's all you're looking to do. After that, then you can go back to your position. If your position's not been covered, then cover um, cover both just with your um, your body positioning. Again, that's where it becomes clever. That's what you need to re- recognize: tactical knowledge. If you're now becoming one of those, oh well. I've just been told this and that's it. Well, guess what? Manager's not going to do well, and neither are you. Best way to look at it is United with Jose Mourinho. He had a way of doing things, and if you look at the team that he he had, very fluid players, but very highly in... I wouldn't say highly intelligent. They've just had a lot of money um, given to them, and for some reason, the only thing that they can do is... If the ball was in Rashford's area, Rashford has to go and get it. That kind of defeats the purpose of a team game. If Rash- Rashford's over there, Martial gets across. 
Pogba gets across. That means everybody's now going, OK, well, he's not alone. He's doing it together. Same thing with, with um, Liverpool. Everybody goes in together. So you'll have about four or five players around the ball against four or five against the opposition. You've still got three or four on the other side waiting for that ball to be crossed or, to, or for something to happen. If the ball comes forwards, guess what? Somebody's cutting it out. That's the whole point of a, a zonal marking. So, so zonal marking is somewhat flexible then, where it's, where it's like, as long as those zones move together, then it can, it can be more flexible that way. Yes. A lot more people, people see it as a rigid, rigid um, system because of the way England tried to play it. Now, England, in the past, have played a 4-4-2 with a long pass into um, the big man for somebody to head it down and play it into, into um, feet. Which is simplistic at best. <laughs> which is, which is, which is um, a zonal way of playing. But then when you don't have the ball, essentially it became, well, if the ball goes over our heads, well, we can blame that person because they weren't in their zone. That's the problem. Yeah. Now, if, if you look at the players of today, they can be very easily rotated. The problem is, is getting them to do that over a four or five day period before you have a game. And it's very difficult to explain something to an entire team when you've only got them for about three days and then play them uh, play um, play a game and then go back free to, um go back again um to the the clubs where they might play a pressing game a completely different game altogether so that's that's where england get it wrong that's where england get it wrong at the moment is that they don't have enough time just to work with players to either play a pressing game or a, or a zonal game or a man marking game. It's just it's just simply diff- difficult to work with. So, again, what you're trying to work with is just play the just play the game as best as it can. And if you can bring players together and it and it works, it works. It's difficult, but international level, that's what you're doing. You're just bringing players together just to work at something. With the zonal marking at club level, you can work on it day in day out. You've seen it with Atletico Madrid. They all work in zones because the transition is seamless. Yes, in, um, Italian, um, Spanish football might be slow, but it's more technical. That's the reason why. So therefore, their positions are zonal, but at the same time, everybody there's literally two players in each zone. That's the difference. If they're playing a 4-4-2, there's a minimum two players in each zone where they know if the ball goes out that way, trust me, you're going to have two players to face against. You're probably going to have four players to face against. You're probably going to have the entire team to play against. And then once they win the ball back, bye, see you later. Ball's already in the back of the net. Why? Because that's how they play. Speaking of ball being in the back of the net, <clears throat> just to kind of round out, it, what, what do you prefer as a coach and as a fan? Take, take them separately if you want to. But what do you prefer on set pieces? such as corners, in-swinging or out-swinging free kicks. What do you prefer? Do you prefer zonal marking, man-marking, or do you go with a hybrid of the two? Is that the best way to go? Nowadays, you're going to have to go with a hybrid of the two. You can't do both because some players haven't got the tactical knowledge to do one or the other. Or let's say they can't do both. Let's just put it that way. So let's say with, at the moment, with Arsenal, I think... Man marking would be a little bit more uh, simplistic, but the problem is is that we don't have the speed in the team behind the front three. That's the that's the issue. We don't have the speed, 
So we might have the, the knowledge of how to work, work the ball, but we don't have the speed. So we just kind of work, work it around and see what, see what happens. We haven't got the players who physically can keep up with the speed that Arteta is looking for. Now, that's also caused us a lot of problems in the last, in the last few games. So if we were to go man-marking, guess what? It's just not going to work. It's just not going to happen. If you're looking at set pieces, a hybrid of the two, because it, essentially what happens is you'll have, depending on where the set piece is, whether it's a corner, whether it's a free kick um, from deep, whether it's a free kick around in and around the, um, the penalty area, whether it's a free, um, whether it's a free kick out out on the wings, you've got to try and work out whether having three players or five players or whatever works to have one person on on each on each player on on the opponents or whether we need two players to go forward just to take two players away from the, uh, take two players away from that cluster that might happen on the edge of the box or wherever it might be for a corner i prefer to have maybe two um, defenders on the, on the on the line and make sure that there's two defenders on the line next to the goalkeeper because one thing will happen is the ball will probably go into ironically one of the near posts one of the posts that's usually where most of the corners are scored it's usually either side of the goalkeeper now if you don't put them there guess what there's a goal if you put them there it's not a goal that's the first thing and we've got away from that because essentially it says well we're losing a player up front well no the first thing that you have to think about is how to defend that corner the second thing you think about is what happens on the second phase. The second phase, in my opinion, would be what happens when the ball is cleared. Is everybody in, in position? That's what you focus then, then on and you coach. If you, co- if you coach the first phase, you already know what's coming. The second phase, the ball goes out. Now we know that the cross is coming in. So now you set yourself and those two players have to come off the posts as quickly as possible because wherever the ball's gone, you just got to get... Yeah, you don't there. want that ping back over the top of the side. Well, you've got two guys playing them on side. Basically. Playing the attackers on that's, side. That's the first thing. The second, the, the third phase is what happens if the ball goes wide. Not from the second phase ball. If the ball goes wide, second phase ball, you now have to stop that ball from probably either being played forward, which means that you now go man for man, or you go zonal. Because it might be a 2v1 out there, or it might be a, one, uh, a 1v1. That's where the, the third phase comes, comes in. But... Those are the things that you have to think about. When you think about the first phase from a corner, let's say it's an in-swing and cross, ball gets cleared. Second phase is, who does it go back to? goes back out to the same, um, to the same side. The same players manage to get back and, and stop it. Trap, um, trap the ball, ready to cross the ball. Now you've got your two um, wingers coming off, um, your two defenders on the, on the post coming off, um, coming off and joining the, uh, the back line. Back line comes in. Ball looks like it's going to be crossed, but one of your strikers have all gone gone out to to close the player down. He's got a two v one. Now you go second phase. Now you go third phase. Do I go to the ball or do I go to the player? Zonal. If I if it's one v one, man. Uh-huh. Now you start to think, okay, well if I if he can't beat me, he's going to play play that back. Now we start getting a, and getting back into our positions. Four phase and the final phase in all of that is what happens if the ball comes back. In the second or third third phase, if the ball comes back in the second phase, you know what to do. You've got to get in line, get your body in um, body position right. Make sure that you can head the ball away, or do something with the ball so that you're not actually facing your own goal. 
if you're facing your own goal, the likelihood is that it will either be another corner or another um, or an own goal. That's the thing that you don't want to, to happen. Every every player hates um, scoring own goals, but it happens in football. If the ball does not come in on the first on the first on the second phase, but it comes in on the, on the third, then you readjust. You readjust your body position. You get yourself in position just to realize where the ball is coming from. It may be an in swing um, an out swing cross, just to head back. So the goalkeeper doesn't need to come for it. He just got to set himself. Be prepared. That ball might come straight to his hands. If not. He's just got to watch if it drops into one of the um, strikers. He knows what to do. Can I make the save just in a standard position? That's the difference. You can't do it from a moving position. You'll have to do it from a standard position or sheet. Okay? Women's football. Watch it. Okay? Okay? So, again, man marking, zonal marking, two different things, but can easily be worked in, into one team. It depends on how your style of play will work to what the satisfaction that you're going to get from it. Teams that you can actually definitely watch from it at the moment, Tottenham, Liverpool, um, even Arsenal, Everton, Manchester City, um, Newcastle, and last but not least, I'm going to go to the women's side. I'm going to say Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal, Man City, Aston Villa, Birmingham City, and Bristol City. All of those teams either play zonal or man. Need to sit and need to watch those games. Are guaranteed, you'll find a lot more out about women's football and the zonal mar- man uh, player marking than you'll ever you'll ever know. And it's in simple concepts, but it's all about the cleverness of a player. If they haven't got the um, if they haven't got the cleverness um, for a certain way, you just make sure that they understand the other way. It's as simple as that. Hey, you heard it here. You heard it here on this Pitch Talk special feature. Jamie Jamie breaking down zonal versus man marking. You know what? I, I, do, I, I, do, I do like the, di- the differences between zonal and man. I mean, for me, it, it, <clears throat> for me on set pieces, I personally prefer to, I prefer to man mark. But that's me speaking more at grassroots level where we haven't, as you mentioned earlier, about time, about, t- about time, obviously time together to work through drills and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like say Ibis Eagles, for instance, train on a Wednesday, match on a Saturday. So it's limited time. It's like what, training is like an hour on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so in that regard, it's like, all right, let's get... Probably what, half an hour and then match? Yeah. So it's, yeah, pretty, pretty much. So, so it's a case of it's, it's limited drills within, within that. And also we're trying to vet players to see, right, this person's going there, this person's going to the threes, this person's going to the ones, this person's going there. And now this person's going to the fives. Um, So there's a, at grassroots level, there's a lot of kind of moving parts where you think, yeah, it's probably best to kind of stick with my mark, my marking. Not because it's, not necessarily because it's simplistic or people haven't got the intelligence, but just because you haven't really got the time to drill it into people. Mm-hmm. And in, in, clo- in closing, really now in closing, how long do you think it takes to get, if you're going to have a team doing zonal marking at professional level, how long do you think it takes to get that right in comparison to grassroots and youth level how, how long do you think it takes to get it right? 
there's no substitution for for time when it comes to coaching and and it comes to those type of things specifically. Um, for professional professionals, they're pretty much training day in day out, so they'll probably have maybe four or five sessions a week, um, whether it be in the afternoon or the morning that they're working on zonal zonal man marking or something defensive or attacking, depending on where they are in the season. If they're at the top, you know full well that they're not really focusing on, on defending. They're, they're pretty much saying, how can we improve the, um, the attack? And how can we beat, beat, the, um, beat the next team in, in going forward? You've also got to look at the, the time for grassroots. Grassroots don't have the money and the facilities just to continue coaching on a Friday, um, on a Friday when, whenever it is. It could be any, any time. So if it's on a Monday, how... Think of think of it as a Monday. If you're seeing it as a Monday, you've got no time between um, Monday and 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 Saturday, or even if the game's on Sunday, to actually go. Well, this is what we've worked on. Unless you actually put it in a WhatsApp group and say this is the um, this is the uh, challenges that we're going to be putting in. That's the only way that you can do it. That's the problem. You don't have the time. So in order to explain it to a youth team or an, or an adult team. You basically got to try and do it within a congested session, and whether it's an hour, an hour and a half, an hour and fifteen, two hours, whatever it is, you've literally got two hours, and I would say more, more so, you've got about thirty minutes to explain an entire system and coach it. You haven't got two hours because you're not going to have the players for two hours. They're going to switch off after after ten. It's as simple as that. So you try to manage as much of your time as you can between maybe if you've got two hours, maybe between 20 minutes, 20 minutes just to coach the parts that you need to coach so that in the match that you do after that, you can go, well, this is what we worked on. Has it worked? Yes. Okay. See you on Saturday. See you on Sunday. Whichever one. And then you go, okay, let's see if it worked. Well, we worked on this on Wednesday um, or Monday, whatever, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden now it's not working. Guess what? We need to go back and revisit it. Or you just go, well, it's not working. It's probably not going to work. Let's change it up. And that's probably over a period of time. You've seen it. You've probably given it about four or five games and it's not worked. Now, that's the, that's the issue between the two. With professional, with professional games, they will have about four, uh, three or four games within a week to actually see if this is working. If it's not working, then they can go, they can change it. And it, will ch- and it will probably change within probably the third game, the fourth game, because they thrive and they need points to keep their money safe. Yeah. Whereas in grassroots football, if a system doesn't work, you can keep going with it. But if it doesn't work for the players that you have, then you're going to have to change it. You're going to have to adapt it. So if somebody is more of a zone, if you've got more players who zonal mark, but you've got good, uh, good, at, um, good players you can man mark. You just work it out in your system and just try and see if see what happens with with the game on that day. Literally on that day, because you can't do it over a period of time. You've literally got to do it on that day, specifically. If you've got more players you man mark, then the likelihood is that you're going to play a high line. Then you have to speak to the goalkeeper and say, well. Keeper, don't hit. you're going to have to come forward. If you don't move forward, then that's the problem. You're looking at man marking compared to um, the long the long ball. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You stay on your line. We're going to have to sit back further. 
but then that's the problem that you're going to have is because you've not been able to speak to the um, to the coach uh, to the to the goalkeeper for a period of time to say well you have to come up because he's probably not been coached either he's probably just had to jump in put the gloves on and made to look like a goalkeeper for the day probably get shouted at because he hasn't made the save I've done that before um, <laughs> I have and I became a goalkeeper for it and I'm happy with it but the, from what I've what I've noticed a lot of grassroots teams don't have goalkeeping coaches and I was going to say we're lucky to find keepers let alone keeping yeah. coaches <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's like gold dust to have to have a, a goalkeeping coach or a goalkeeper in most grassroots teams I'm fortunate enough in my youth team that I've got a goalkeeper and she's doing fantastically well like I said, women's football, watch it. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things you have to, it does need time, but at the same time to break that down, you also need a confident enough go- um, coach to break down that system so that he understands it. And if he doesn't, then he will keep changing it as much as possible just to find the right solution. If he doesn't, underst- if he doesn't believe and understand in his own hype, he probably won't do, he probably won't do himself justice. As far as as far as what I've noticed, and when I say he, I also mean she. In terms of coaches, we've got some fantastic coaches who are female as well, and I hope that they get the they get the recognition that they deserve. There's a lot more going on in the women's game going forward. Let me switch it back to the pressing the, uh, to the to the game, the man marking and the, the player marking and the and the zona marking. You have to speak about it within players and make sure that they understand what they're, what they're looking to do. Yes, they might like the zone of marking and they'll play a high line, which every club in this country does. The problem is not everybody understands it. So whilst you play a long ball, guess what? Keeper's probably not moved. Funnily enough, everybody's going to be shouting at that keeper rather than asking, can you just move a little bit forward? That's the difference between understanding something and going, well, you should have moved forward. You're not understanding it. You're just making it. You're just making it numb. That's it. Nah, fair play, Jay. <laughs> hey, JBK has been. He's been. He's been drilling deep. He's been drilling. Hey, he's, he's drilling for oil. I think he just hit oil with that one. But um, but no, this this has been another pitch talk special feature. JBK taking a deep dive into zonal versus man marking. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Remember, youtube.com forward slash Pitch Talk is where you can find all of the videos at Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to. We're at Pitch Talk on Instagram and we've got videos on IGTV as well. The podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean and Mixcloud as well. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we have resurrected. We are Pitch Talk and from myself, Straight Shoot and LJA. JBK. We are out of time on this special feature segment, but thank you so much for joining us. As I said, JBK taking a deep dive into zonal versus man marking. Comment section is below. Let us know your thoughts. Is there anything Jamie missed? Is there anything that you'd add on? Are you a fan of zonal marking? Are you a man of man, fan of man marking? Easy for me to say. <clears throat> do you prefer a hybrid of, the, of both or do you prefer them separate? What system does your team play? Do you play for a team? If so, let us know in the comment section what team you play for and what system they play and what system you think works for them best. Would a change to zonal work? 
Will a change to man marking work? Will a hybrid of the two work? And if you change recently, has it paid dividends? Let us know. Comment section is right below. But it's one of I have been straight shooting LJA. KBK. And we will see you next time on this Pitch Talk special feature. Thanks for joining us. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on social media, dropping vlogs, blogs, videos, and podcasts on the beautiful game.